Hi, I'm Ryan, and welcome to Bible on the Beach. Our focus is always disciples making disciples and churches planting churches so that as many people as possible uh, can learn about God and come into his family uh, in every space and every place that we find ourselves. And so if you're there and God's there, God wants to use you and help you to uh, know him and make him known to other people. Now today we've been going through the book of Acts. The book of Acts is, of course, the beginning of the of the story of the people who began to follow God and how he worked in their lives and through their lives uh, to literally go from a little town where they grew up to go all over the world. And that's what God wants to do in our lives. He starts where we are and then he ends. we end up in places that we never imagined because God is working in us and through us in our lives. Uh, and so every time we open God's word, we believe this is his mouth. He speaks to us. We want to say, God, would you give me the ears to hear what you're trying to talk to me about today? Would you give me the eyes to see what you're trying to get me to see today? Would you give me the heart to feel what it is that you want me to feel today so that I can be your ambassador, your person, uh, wherever I find myself today? <clears throat> so in that spirit, let's open up Acts chapter 14. And it says in verse 1, when Paul and Barnabas arrived at Iconium, the same thing happened there. They went as they always did to the synagogue and preached to the people uh, with such power that a large crowd of both Jews and non-Jews believed. So God is working in them and through them and giving them fruit, <clears throat> helping their lives to be impactful. Uh, and that's the point of following Jesus. It says in verse 2, some of the Jews refused to believe and they began to poison the minds of the non-Jews to discredit the believers. It's just like the devil to come and sow confusion every time that God is really working in your life and that's what he's doing here. In fact, you might want to pray not right now. God, clear up my mind from any confusion that is in it right now and give me clarity about what it is that you want me to do today for you. Verse 3 says, Yet Paul and Barnabas stayed there a long time preaching boldly and fearlessly about the Lord. That's what we're supposed to do. We're not supposed to defend our faith. We're supposed to speak boldly and fearlessly about what God is doing in our life. <clears throat> and it says that many people trusted in the Lord, for he backed up his message of grace with miracle signs and wonders performed by the apostles. You know, it's God that backs up his work in our heart and in our life. You always allow God to be your defender. Now the people of the city were split over the issue. Some sided with the apostles and other with the Jews who refused to believe. <clears throat> Some people refuse to believe that God is at work in their life or in the lives of the people around them. And this brings up a point because God gives us the choice of whether or not we want to listen and whether we want to follow. God uh, doesn't force us to do anything. He gives us free will. He gives us a choice. Now, this word refuse here, it means they harden their heart against what God wanted to do in their life. And sometimes people do that. We just love them and we keep moving forward. That's what they did here. Eventually, all the opposition factions came together because birds of a feather flock together. So the crowd of opposing people, they'll always find themselves just like the crowd of God's people always find themselves. We always end up in a family. We just get to pick the one that we want to be in. And it said that they devised the plot to harm Paul and Barnabas and stone them to death. Not everybody who says that they're your friend is your friend. 
You will have people oppose you. You will have people plot against you, just like it happened right here. It's a part of life if you're really following the Lord. And when the apostles learned about this, they escaped to the region, to the cities of Leicester and Derby and nearby villages, and they continue to preach the hope of the gospel. So sometimes God will give you insight that people are working against you, that people are trying to undermine you, and they'll show you so that you can dip out and do what's next, and that's exactly what happened here. <clears throat> now, uh, verse 8, In Lystra, Paul and Barnabas encountered a man who from birth had never walked, for he was crippled in his feet. So what happens is God will give you insight so that you can dip out and get on to the next thing, and it's important that you get on to the next thing because there's somebody there that's waiting for you to help them. Sometimes we, we kick, drag, and scream into the next thing that God has for us, and we need to quit doing that. There's somebody literally waiting for you to go help if you'll be open to what God is doing next in your life. Lesson here. They had just got done speaking to a really large crowd. God had them dip out. Now they're speaking to this one guy who's crippled. It's not always God's will for you to speak to big crowds. It could be. Maybe. Sometimes. It's part of the process. It's not permanent. Not always permanent. Sometimes God has you have that experience. And then you dip out and you move on to the next thing. I've spoken to thousands of people. I've also spoken to 20 people in a coffee shop. It doesn't matter. What matters is, are you following God and are you at the place where you're supposed to be? We live in a culture that only thinks God is with you if there's a lot of people in front of you when you're talking. And that's devilish. That's demonic. You only need one person and God for that situation to have some significance. Remember that. God is with you everywhere you go. He wants, he wants you to do his will no matter where you find yourself. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> he says to him here, <clears throat> he listened carefully to Paul as he preached. All of a sudden, Paul <clears throat> discerned this man had faith and a heart to be healed. So he shouted, you in the name of Jesus, stand up on your feet. The man instantly jumped up to his feet, stood for the first time in his life and walked. You see again, God wants to work in us and through us. If we'll just let go, get where he wants us to be, there's so many people that we're supposed to help. When the crowd saw the miracle Paul had done, they shouted in their own language, the gods have come down to us as men. <clears throat> people will, will want you to think that you're a bigger deal than you really are. This happened to Paul, and if you're stupid, you'll let it happen to you. People will come along, see how God is using you, and tell you you're a big deal. You're not a big deal. God is a big deal. God is a big deal. <clears throat> they addressed Barnabas as Zeus and Paul as Hermes because he was their spokesman. Now outside of the city stood the temple of Zeus. The priests of the temple, in order to honor Paul and Barnabas, brought bowls with wreaths of flowers draped on them to the gates of the courtyard where they were staying. The crowds clamored to offer them as sacrifices to the apostles. 
He even brought flowers and crowns to place over their heads. <clears throat> now, again, they're trying to flatter them. This is a test. Every time you get flattered as a follower of Jesus, it's a test. And you have to ignore it. The reality is, we don't really deserve the praise that we get from people. And we don't really deserve the criticism that we get from people either. The wise follower of Jesus throws out the praise and they throw out the criticism and they stay focused on what they're supposed to be doing for God. Audience of one. Now, it says here, the apostles understood what was happening. They were mortified and tore their clothes as a sign of dismay. This was smart. They were being humble. They rushed into the crowd and shouted, people, what are you doing? We're just humans like you. This is why we've come to tell you the good news uh, that you can turn away from these worthless myths and turn to God. God's the creator of all things, the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything that they contain. In previous generations, he allowed the nations to pursue their own ways, yet he's never left himself without clear evidence of his goodness, for he blesses us with rain from heaven and seasons of fruitful harvest, <clears throat> and he nourishes us with food to meet our needs. He satisfies our lives, and euphoria fills our hearts. Now, this is awesome. They just say, look, man, don't get praised us. Look to God. Everything comes from God. God wants to work in your life. Open your life to God. This is what this is what he's telling him. Even after these things, they were barely able to restrain the people from offering sacrifice to them. So sometimes people, people get caught up in the hype. You are not to get caught up in the hype. There's a lot of hype in the world. People like to puff people up. People like to platform people. That's all hype. That's all marketing. That's all man-made hype and marketing. Stay focused, point people to God. God's awesome. God has a plan. God's doing great things. God wants to use you. Now, some of the Jews who had opposed Paul and Barnabas and Antioch and Iconium arrived and stirred up the crowd against them. They stoned Paul, dragged his body outside the city, and left him for dead. When the believers encircled Paul's body, he miraculously stood up. Paul stood and immediately went back into the city. The next day, he left for Barnabas and Derby. Now, for those of you who think that everything in your life is always going to go the way that you want and everything's always going to go perfectly the way that you planned it, you need to see the story here because nothing really went Paul's way and nothing really turned out the way that he wanted, <clears throat> including getting stoned and drug out in front of a bunch of people. But that's part, that's part of the process. It's part of the cost of following God. And after preaching the wonderful news of the gospel there and winning a large number of followers to Jesus, they retraced their steps and visited Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch. At each place they went, they strengthened the lives of the believers and encouraged them to go deeper in their faith. That's what you're supposed to do if you're really following God. You're supposed to encourage people to keep seeking God, keep going deeper. They take responsibility for the disciples they had made and the churches they had planted. They went back to revisit and encourage these people. They taught them it's necessary for us to enter into the realm of God's kingdom because that's the only way we will endure our many trials and persecutions. Following God comes with trials, it comes with persecutions, but it also comes with God's peace in your heart as you follow him and you swim against the grain of what everybody else is doing. Now Paul and Barnabas ordained leaders known as elders from among the congregations in every church. They visited. This is what good leaders do. They establish other leaders. They identify 
and establish other leaders. Now, after prayer and fasting, they publicly committed them into the care and protection of the Lord for their faith. <clears throat> now, after passing through different regions of central Turkey, they went to Perga, preaching the life-giving message of the Lord. Afterwards, they journeyed down to the coastal area of Antalya, and from there they sailed back to Antioch. With their mission complete, they returned to the church where they had originally been sent out as missionaries. For it was in Antioch that they handed over to God's powerful grace when they arrived in Antioch. They gathered the church together and shared with them all the wonderful works that God had done through them and how God had opened the door of faith for non-Jews to enter in after Paul and Barnabas stayed there for a long time in fellowship with the believers. So this is kind of the first part. It's like a conclusion of this amazing missionary journey that they had been on. They established a church. They go out, they have preached, they make more disciples, they plant more churches. This is the New Testament pattern. Disciple making, church planting, start the circle again. Start the cycle again. Disciples making disciples, churches planting churches. This is exactly where I get our mission for Ocean Water. Disciples making disciples, churches planting churches. Following the Pauline model of the New Testament. It's exciting. It's exciting. And in San Clemente, we planted a church, which is where I live. I'm down here at the beach, bringing you Bible on the beach. We plant the churches in El Salvador, Argentina, all over the place now. Very, very exciting. Simple. Teach other people to follow the Lord. Gather them in believers called churches. And go encourage other people to do the same. It's awesome when you understand how simple it is to love Jesus and to follow him. It's not complicated. It's as simple as saying, God, I open up my heart. I open up my life. Please do it in me and through me whatever it is that you want to do today. And I ask it in Jesus' name. But thank you so much for joining me. Bible on the Beach today. If this is encouraging you and helping you grow, please text or tell someone else so they can follow along and be blessed too. Until next time, have a wonderful day.